Welcome to Your Business, Your Life with Matt DeFrancesco, your personal financial technician. Whether you've had years of success in your business or just starting out, Highlift Financial can help you create a vision for your business, life, and family, and align these for generational wealth. As they say, what happens in your life affects your business. And now, on to the show. Well, hello and welcome to Your Business, Your Life with me, Matt Francesco, And uh, I'm excited because I just got back from uh, an exit planning conference. It's an organization I belong to with a number of exit planners, got some great information at it. And actually, we're going to be talking a little bit about transition planning with my guest tonight. And I'm really excited about it. Uh, it's Lori Barkman. And Lori's a business transition Sherpa. <laughs> and we're going to ask her how she got that name too. But she's the former CEO of a $100 million revenue company that was sold to a Fortune 50. And she's a certified mergers and acquisition advisor with Stony Hill, which allows her to provide structured processes for business owners to plan successful transitions of their companies. She's the author of this book. It's the Business Transition Handbook, How to Avoid Succession Pitfalls and Create Valuable Exit Options. And you can see I have this thing all marked up too. So we're going to be talking a lot about that also. Talks a lot about you know being, how to go through the journey of transition to transition and creating value in your business, which is a really big thing. And I'm hoping we get a chance to talk about that too, because I think many business owners don't understand the significance of that. Uh, she's an adjunct professor of entrepreneurship at Carnegie Mellon University, and she hosts an award-winning podcast, Success Stories, where she speaks with hundreds of entrepreneurs who have shared their journeys through succession. And she's married with two children, right? Okay. And lives in the Pittsburgh area, but I never did get exactly where you live. I live in Pittsburgh area, just in, uh, just out of the city. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. I was going to, what's your address? No. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, are you native Pittsburgh? You know, the neighborhoods. <laughs> well, exactly. You know, I didn't know if it was Cranberry, if it's Penn Hills. Oh my it... gosh. You do know your towns. Wow, I'm, I'm, I'm 60 miles away from you. <laughs> I'm in Fox Chapel. Okay, Fox Chapel. All good. All good. So anyway, Laura, Lori, welcome <laughs> to your business, your life. This is just how it goes sometimes. This is how it goes, Matt. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. I've listened to quite a few of your episodes and oh, I just think you do a fantastic job. Oh, thank you. I, yeah. I really appreciate that. It's really just, I try to get good guests on that provide great content. And I think, you know, an informed consumer is the best consumer. So, and I think you feel the same way, especially with the book. So, but first off, I led this in the intro. So I'm going to ask you, Lori, how did you get the name, the business transition Sherpa? Transition is a movement. Transition is, is not a given fixed point in time. It's from here to there. Here we are. There's, we want to be. And we're on a journey as entrepreneurs. We didn't build our business on our own. We shouldn't sell it on our own or, or transition it on our own. And so this idea of a, of a guide, that I'm a guide. Uh -huh. And way back, if I go in the Wayback Machine, in, right before business school, I went to Nepal and did a, a hike with my husband. And I, I don't know, just this concept of, of a journey, of a guide, and a movement from here to there. Okay. And it is, I think too many times business owners, they're kind of lost. They don't know exactly how to go. And having that guide is really, I think, really a valuable thing. And I think every business owner should look at that. So you wrote the book and it seems to be, at least from what I've been reading, it's a handbook for business owners to begin planning their transitions. And so I wanted to ask you, what prompted you to write the book? Well, as you mentioned in my introduction, I have a background in going through a pretty major transaction. Mm -hmm. That transaction 
was my division of the business, but also the whole entity and the whole entity sold for 1.4 billion. So it was a significant transaction. And I was a part of a management team of about 14 executives Mm -hmm. that went through the transaction and then also the transition. So I was part of the management team that was working on the integration. Okay. And being on that side of the table was challenging. We had to keep our foot on the gas. We didn't know if the deal was going to go through or not. We couldn't relent. We had to keep driving the business forward. And at the same time, we had to work on this deal and Mm -hmm. everything in due diligence. So it was top secret, right? We couldn't discuss it. It was a sale to a public company. So we had to keep it very tight, but it was exciting, you know, very exciting. And then when I left the company, I worked in private equity for a bit. Mm-hmm. And I was on the other side of the deal table. This okay. time I was looking for deals and then the diligence was more on the buy side versus the sell side. And eventually when I found my way to exit planning, I was really inspired by what entrepreneurs have to consider and go through mm-hmm. at the ending chapter of their business cycle. And it's not necessarily the end of their career. There's other things to do, especially if you want to found another company or buy a company. It's not always retirement. It's just the end of that cycle. Right. And I've always orbited the world of entrepreneurship in startups, as a corporate entrepreneur and big company and, and a corporate startup. I've always appreciated the journey that uh, that entrepreneurs go down. So that's what really inspired me. And then being able to tell the stories from Succession Stories is my podcast and being able to share at the time I wrote the book, I think I had 120 recordings okay. and so many golden nuggets. I mean, drop the mic kind of stuff where I was looking back at the transcripts and really finding so much content that it was funny in writing the book, I stopped myself midway and I didn't like what I had. And I restarted and I restarted and I said, you know what? I don't like this. I need to reset. And I said, okay, I'm going to put myself in the shoes of the reader or the glasses of the reader. And I'm going to look at this in the lens of the reader. So how can I do that? And I thought about what we talk about a lot on the show, which is pitfalls. Mm -hmm. How do we avoid these transition pitfalls or these succession pitfalls? Nobody wants to fall into the pit. How do we prevent that? Mm -hmm. And that can be financial, emotional, lots of things can go wrong. And then also, what do we do to build value? Many, many years of my 25 plus year career has been on the value building side and growth. And I wanted a way to stitch it together because what we do with business owners, if they have time on their side, is help them double, triple the value of their business. Mm -hmm. And when they are ready to start working on their transition plan, which I advocate for, and I'm sure you do too, don't wait till the end Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it won't work out for you. And, And how do we put it all together? And the stories are so powerful, but I wanted it to be actionable. And that's why I called it a handbook. So all the chapters are pitfalls to avoid. And as you've been, you know, getting to to know the book and what you've seen probably in the chapters is there's knowledge, right? I'm sharing some stuff. You got to, you know, to learn. It's not complicated. It's just in a framework. And then there's the stories. And then every chapter ends with, well, what are you going to do? You know, here's some takeaways and then here's a table and what are you going to do? And what, how can I be your virtual guide as you read this book so that you can understand when time is still on your side, it's not too late to right. make important changes and important exactly. decisions. Right. You know, and I think a lot of times, and we talked about this earlier, doing a transition a lot of times is putting the pieces of the puzzle together. 
Okay. But the problem is, is that if you don't see the picture that's on the box top, what the outcome is supposed to look like, it can be really difficult to put those pieces of the puzzle together. And I really, you know, as I was kind of going through the book, I think what those actionable items and the tables that you have in there really can help a business owner to start creating that picture, creating that box top picture that they can look at. Because once they have that, then the mechanics become, well, then we need to do this and we need to put this into place and and those type of things. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think it's important to have a framework, you know, just mm-hmm. like with anything. And if you have a strategic plan for your business, which not, I understand not every company does, even if it's on the back of a napkin, fine. But at least it's written down. If we can start with that and understand why that's important. I advocate the same thing for a strategic plan for your transition. Right. It's it's as or if not more important. Right. For these reasons that that we you talk about on your show. And that's what the book's all about is it's a framework and there's a process as well as some education around why. Like why do we care? Right. <laughs> This isn't easy, but this is why we care. This is how it can matter to you. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's, I like what you said about building value. I had a guest on, well, he's actually was on for the second time, Mike, Mike Anderson. Mike is one of the well-known and very highly esteemed names in the collision industry. And Mike, just without, we were talking about some stuff just without any prompting. He said, you know, every shop owner, and you can take the word shop owner and put it to any business owner, but any, any business owner can, uh, that every move that they make in their business should have their transition or succession in mind. And I think that's a, that's a, you know, in a collision industry, it's interesting. These guys usually grew up in the industry, whether it was a family member or they grew up working in a shop, worked their way up, either bought the shop or bought, started their own shop. And they're really great technicians and and they're just pushing cars through, pushing cars through. And it's funny because they kind of come to me and they're looking at that transition plan. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, you're internally, I mean, you're making money almost in spite of yourself because there's so many things that they need to do just from an operational standpoint, from a management standpoint, from, you know, locking down key employees from business continuity that they haven't done and really need to be taken place before you can even really start to put that transition in place. And I wanted you to talk a little bit about that because I got some of that. You you ta- you mentioned that a lot in your book there about how, why it's important to build value. Yeah, absolutely. If you have a business that is very dependent on the owner, that probably won't have a lot of value because mm-hmm. it won't be as transferable to right. a new owner. If you're not there and you're in charge of sales or you're in charge of service delivery or you're in charge of product whatever it is that you do that makes you in indispensable and telltale signs. You can't take a vacation or when you're on vacation, you can't separate. You can't, you know, you're always answering your emails. You're always answering the phone. You're always solving problems. And it might feel good initially when you're, when you're just getting started. And, and that's important to make those customer relationships. But if you find yourself in big customer meetings where you are alone and you're the one controlling the sales process, bringing in, let's say, more than 40% of total revenue, mm-hmm. that's a telltale sign that maybe you have an owner-dependent business. We have heard the term like a hub-and-spoke problem, right? People keep bouncing back to the owner. So that's a really good place to start. And there's many solutions for how we can solve that. The more ability the organization has to add staff would be helpful of course, but then the owner needs to delegate, you know, so adding people isn't enough. We have to delegate. We have to be able to, to truly take things off of our plate and enable decision-making so that people can grow and 
be able to, for the organization to be able to thrive forward. Right. No, it makes complete sense. So that seems to lead into what you call the strategic readiness plans. Do you want to talk about that and why it's important? Strategic readiness is twofold. It's for the business and it's for you. Okay. And the book starts out talking about personal readiness because let's talk about regret for a second. I didn't really go deep on regret in the book. I think in retrospect, I could have done a, a chapter on it. There's some really great books out there that talk about regret and you know, just think of regret in two buckets. One is regret can be because you took action and you felt like you made the wrong decision. Regret can also be, I didn't do something and I wish I did. So the Wayne Gretzky quote, right? We miss a hundred percent of the shots we don't take. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the inaction, but also, you know, we do make mistakes or maybe we did something and we wish we had better support would have made a better decision. I hear that a lot, you know, stories Mm -hmm. of entrepreneurs that either uh, waited too late, you know, too long to sell the business and they didn't get the value they thought they'd get, or they end up closing it. I have a client where he is going to liquidate and he'll, he'll do a planned liquidation and won't be hopefully not a full fire sale, but he's going to do a liquidation and he, he had it on the market, but it's a double-edged sword when you have a very loyal employee base. We have people that work with us for years and years, but when the owner starts to be in their sixties, as does some key employees and people who are really highly skilled in in the shop. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens when <laughs> you want to retire, right? Let's say you're 62 and then you want to you want to sell the business, but then there's a bunch of other folks in the shop that are going to retire also. Right. That's what happened with my client. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> and that's a dilemma. What would you say Let's get practical, I guess, and some steps that uh, the shop owner can make to help avoid some of those pitfalls. I mean, it's it's hard to eliminate everything, but you know, you want to be as prepared as you possibly can. Well, I think you've got to be realistic about your demographics and just take okay. a look at it. If everybody's start at, at the same time and they're roughly the same age, mm-hmm. then and they stay with you, you do a good job of you know long term tenure and loyalty. Well, then you got to think, okay, in the future they're all going to retire at the same time, right? So what you might do is if you give yourself enough runway is create an apprenticeship program or an intern program, start to recruit people in from a different age bracket Uh so that you can diversify your workforce. And once people start to say, yeah, you know, I'm thinking about retiring in two years, plan ahead for that and celebrate it. It's it's a good thing when people say they want to retire, But but don't get caught by surprise. You know, don't let that shock you. And when you think about it in the context of business value, think about it from the lens of a buyer. You know, what are, what is it that they're getting? They're getting the assets, but they probably want the employees too, and they want the know-how of the processes. And who's going to stay on is usually a question. Right. And if it makes sense to have long-term incentives or stay bonuses or things like that, then that's great. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I think there's a number of things that you can do and even documenting, you know, documenting processes, having a standard operating procedure or a manual for here's how we do it. And depends right. on the business, of course, but the sometimes those are digital, those are videos, or they can be written in a notebook, whatever it is, but it's your secret sauce of how you do something okay. and it's trainable. So it's trainable, it's repeatable, and it's valuable. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes complete sense. And, and being trainable, I think, is one of the biggest things because sometimes we can overcomplicate things and really can be intimidating to those who those second in command or those key employees. 
Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. And I wanted you to address this because I run into this a lot and I've really been trying. And that's why one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is because many times I get shop owners that are coming to me saying, I need to think about a transition. I'm doing an introductory call with them. And then it's like, well, I want to exit the next three to five years. And now it's like, oh boy, they've really condensed down this frame. And so a lot of the messaging I'm doing now is you need to start preparing early. Really this idea of every move that you make should have your transition in mind. So could you talk a little bit about those owners that didn't plan all of a sudden now it's like, I, I need to get out now or in the next one to three years. I mean, what can they do in a case like that? I mean, it's, you know, they're putting themselves behind the eight ball a little bit. Yeah, I see it all the time because I do business transition work, which is pre-mergers and acquisitions. It's the getting ready. It's okay. everything that we've been talking about and being proactive. And then I also do transactions. Okay. So like you said, somebody could come to me and say, Lori, I, I'm thinking about, I would just did an interview today with uh, on my show with a client. He, he and I worked on strategic planning for the business about three years ago. Okay. We had lunch and I think I kind of scared him a little bit. I didn't mean to, but he said, you know, I'm thinking about retiring in five to seven years. And I go, well, mm, let's think about that. Let's work backwards. I go, you know, we actually need to get started on that within the next six months. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh my gosh, you're right. And he he totally, he was like blinding flash of the obvious. We need to do that. So I think that that's really the main thing is if you really feel quote unquote ready, mm-hmm. okay. Even if you're not quite there, that's okay. But just recognizing that the process takes time is really important. And let's start with goal setting for you and the business and financially, those three legs of the stool and do evaluation of the business. we got a baseline. Where's your business today? Mm -hmm. And what's the upside potential? If you have time on your side and we want to move the needle on value because we have a gap, maybe we have a gap. You want to sell for 10, but the business is worth two. Well, that's that's quite a stretch. Yeah. But right. if you want to sell for, you know, you want to sell for five and the business is worth four. Okay. Well, we've got some, you know, things we could do. What could we do? So I'm just giving some examples, but I get it. You know, it's a realization. We got to look in the mirror and we need to look at our business as if we were are the buyer. Getting evaluation, and I do valuations, you know, with Stony yeah. Hill Advisors. I'm a certified mergers and acquisitions advisor just Mm -hmm. to kind of put that out there that it's important to work with someone who has experience and it is the math, right? We're going to do math, but we're also looking at it from a market-based perspective. And there's reasons why your business value could go up or down Mm -hmm. and there's a subjectivity to that. So that's important to just put a footnote on. Oh yeah. More more than a footnote. It's more than a footnote. It's really, really (laughs) a big thing. That's true. And and that's what I try to do to understand the client's business is when I get onboarded, I'm asking a lot of questions, we're diving in. And then also looking at a competitive standpoint, just like if you're going to buy a house, you want to understand what other houses are on that street and do they have the basement set up that you have, right? right? Or the pool in the back or the jacuzzi or whatever it is. And your business might have those bells and whistles. So what's going to enable your business to punch above its weight class when it comes to value and mm-hmm. a potential buyer's offer? And right. that's the main thing on goal setting. We got to know where we are. Where are we starting from? And if we have time to, we can work on doubling the value of your business in five years. Let's work on that. Let's try right. to do that. But if we don't have time and we're saying, well, 
I really want to prep it, which in sell in five, which means you're probably prepping for one to two and you're putting it on the market. It's ready to go in three. What we're working on is making sure your financials are in good order. I have a client where we've been working on that for a year. It's just been a problem. It's just been a big problem. And he's finally got a good bookkeeper on board to help him, but it's been a challenge. Right. And if, if an outside um, entity is going to look at your books You don't want them to be confused, right? If you're confused, no one else is going to be able to look at it. So starting with your financials is a really good place. If your books are not in order and even quick, you know, QuickBooks or digital tools, they can still be messy. So, (laughs) you know, I'm not presume everyone's using pen and paper, but just make sure on the digital side that your accounts are in good order. And it's helpful when an owner can segment their expenses so that when we go and try to understand what are owner's expenses and what are one-time expenses, what might be an add back when we do a, a financial recasting of your profit and loss statement, your income statement. The more clear we are about those things, the easier it can be. So yeah. that's typically a good place to start. Right. Uh, and real quick, because it, you know, it was funny when I was at BEI and I was talking to one of the CPAs, was doing a, he was doing a presentation on his cash flow modeling. And so I was asking some questions about ad backs and he, he kind of looked at me, he goes, he goes, how do you know that? And I just, I've, I've just learned that in the process, but most, uh, well, especially most shop owners, most business owners don't understand what ad backs and normalizations are. Can you talk about that real quick? Yeah, of course. When you run your business, you're running it as you choose to. Mm-hmm. That means the decisions you make are the ones you make. A different owner might choose to make different decisions. So for example, if you want to donate to a charity, that doesn't mean that the new owner is also going to donate to a charity. Right. That would be an example of, a, of an ad back. Right. It's a, usually a cash outlay that we're looking for. So something like depreciation or amortization, those are also ad backs, but they're non-cash. So they really don't matter much for the income statement. Now, other things we look for where we might make different decisions is around interest expense. Let's say you've taken on some debt and you have interest expense on a monthly basis, a credit cards, line of credit, whatever it is, uh, a different owner might make different interest payment decisions or in, you know loan decisions. So therefore, interest payments are an add back. Okay. So those are, those are basic examples. But they can be one-time revenue that you would not get again. It's that giant client that you is the unicorn client that will probably not happen again. You should take the revenue out. Right. So it's both revenue and expenses. Ah, exactly. Exactly. So hopefully you all understand that. So (laughs) yeah, you have to be balanced and fair about it. Exactly. Just because what you're showing is not always what the, how the buyer is going to see it. So I think that's really important. So we're getting close on time, Lori, and I've got to ask you the million dollar question. So, all right. So we've got the business transition handbook here. And like I said, you know, it, you, you wrote this for business owners. And one thing is, as I was going through the book, I'm thinking, okay, this is great, but we know business owners are, they're type A's, they're, they're independent. Okay. Now I got the information. I can do this myself. And so why Why is it important to hire a transition or exit planning specialist? I talk about the process as having your boat, having your business owner advisory team and who's in your boat. And are we all having the same orders in the water at the same time? I have clients that are my clients and they were my client before the the book came out. And now with the book, it's it's an awesome enhancement because I'll say to them, okay, here's your homework. I want you to read chapter five. And then in our next meeting, we're going to talk about it. And they love it. It's a way for 
your advisor to hold you accountable to a process if you're going through a process why you would work with an exit planning advisor like 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 you Matt or like mm-hmm. myself um when it comes to a transaction or it comes to other things that are either tax planning or legal advisement estate planning business continuity planning those are so specific you can't as a business owner possibly know all those facets and you might find yourself in that situation of regret where you made some decisions that you later see oh my goodness if i just had my boat, if I had other people that could have advised me, I would have make a, made a different decision. Okay. And I have a couple of those stories in the book uh, as well, where people have talked about, wow, I really wish I had an advisor helping me in this or that situation. So that's really the main thing. Of course, they can read the book. They can download from my website mm-hmm. all the exercises that are in the book. It's like 35 pages of just exercises. I- so I'm giving people the tools to do it themselves. But I'm encouraging you all throughout the book to find an advisor, whether it's me or whether it's someone else, to work with on this process. Because as I said earlier in this interview, Matt, you didn't build your business by yourself. Why would you go through the process of transitioning it on your own? Exactly. Exactly. And I think the other thing that a transition uh, or exit planning specialist can do is help you to create that picture. Because I think that's where most business owners struggle. What does life after business look like? And I mean, that's usually the, that's usually the starting point in any engagement that I do is we spend a lot of time creating that personal vision because, you know, you, you'll talk to a client and says, okay, so you want to transition to the business. What are you going to do? Well, I love to golf. Okay. How much golf can you play? You know, well, I can play three times a week. All right. 18 holes, four hours, you know, that's 12, 12, 16 hours, you know, of golf. All right. You still got 152 hours left in your week. What are you going to do then? And, you know, as you start going through this process of helping them to create the picture, I think it's hard for a lot of us to do that ourselves. And it's good to have, I'll call it a coach, somebody to kind of coach you through that process. Because I think once you've got that vision, then some of the heavy lifting that can seem daunting now is a purpose behind it. Yeah, absolutely. So I, that's what I'm So you have any uh, closing comments you want to make, Lori, or any, anything you uh, uh, want to stay, share, uh, promotional items? Uh, where yeah, can I just find encourage you? everyone, if they want to get in touch, they can they can DM me on LinkedIn, connect okay. with me there. You can connect with me on my website, which is the businesstransitionsherpa.com. And there's a lot of resources for folks on my site if they want to take some of the business assessments that I refer to in the book, or if they want, of course, learn more about the book, the books there and my podcast. And I just, you know, love to hear from you. If you do reach out to me, let me know that you heard me on Matt's show. That's awesome. That's awesome. And we're going to have all this in the show notes. So don't worry about having to write it down. So, <laughs> so we'll get that. Well, Lori, I mean, we could go on. I mean, I, I, I start geeking out on some of this stuff too. I don't want to get too much in the weeds and like have our listeners go, what? The, oh my gosh. I have no idea what they're talking about, but I appreciate you sharing uh, with me today. I r- really love the book. I'd love to maybe have you on. Maybe we can do a little deeper dive into it and maybe uh, pinpoint on one specific area. Uh, which might be good. So uh, well, maybe uh, thank you. I would appreciate that. I love that. And you're going to come on my show too. I know that. I know that. So, but, um, and I'm looking forward to that too. So uh, hopefully this is the start of a beautiful friendship. So 
Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me. Hey, thank you. And thank the last thanks goes to you, the listener. Thank you, the listener, for uh, uh, listening to Your Business, Your Life with me, Matt DeFrancesco and Lori Barkman. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, please click the subscribe button below. That way, when a new episode comes out, it'll download directly to your device. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, please give us a, a positive review there. Um, and no matter how you're listening or watching this, uh, anytime you can give us a review, a five-star review that helps us get great content and great guests like Lori out to more people. Please do that. So uh, with that, again, I want to thank you again for listening to Your Business, Your Life. So take care and God bless. Hey, I really want to thank you for listening to the Your Business, Your Life podcast. If you want to be notified when new episodes become available, click the subscribe button below. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of High Lift Financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment, legal, or tax advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified professional with any questions you may have regarding your business or personal planning. DeFrancesco Financial Concierge, LLC, DBA, High Lift Financial, is a registered investment advisor. Registration with the United States Securities and Exchange Commission or any state security authority does not imply a certain level of skill or training.